<laughs> I didn't know I didn't know if I shouldn't say it because you guys were like Hey what's up going on guys? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode. <laughs> <laughs> I got the what's going wait, were about to, wait, were you about to say what's were you about to say what's up and then you changed it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yo, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome back to another episode. Uh, we have a special special guest again today. Uh, her name is Bhavna. I'll let her introduce herself. Hey, guys. My name is Bhavna. I'm a fourth year no longer. I just graduated from UVA um, with a degree in systems engineering. Um, and I'm just chilling until August, and I'll start working at Yex in Roslyn. Super excited for that. Um, I am dating Haran, and <laughs> I went to high school with Tarsha, and I know Kieran and Christian through them that time, um, and we've gotten close over the years, so I'm super excited to be doing this. Haran, where is Bob now working? Haran <laughs> <laughs> didn't know when we first asked him. In my defense, he was deciding between two different companies, and I, in my head, I thought she chose the other company instead of Yext, but... I don't think everyone's going to forget that you're going to Stanford. All right, quickly moving on. Christian, what are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I uh, Another episode where I have little expertise. However, we're going to be discussing today cultural upbringing. The way it's written on our idea sheet is culture and such that. So <laughs> we're going to each elaborate on that a little bit in our different ways. I'm going to send it over to the most interesting person I know, Harsha, and uh, it's going to get us started. Yeah, so we got four brown people and Christian going to talk about <laughs> culture. <laughs> um, I think most of us, we, we all went to school here, even though uh, some of us were born in other countries, like Haran and Tarun. I don't know about Bhavana. I was born in Ohio, where I was the only Indian kid in my school, or like person of color I guess at all everyone else was just white and I really want to share this iconic story of me uh, eating lunch in the cafeteria in first grade when I was six years old and usually I would bring a sandwich either peanut butter and jelly or grilled cheese or uncrustables depending on the day of the week but I guess one day we ran out of bread and my mom had to give me Indian food she gave me an idli I don't know how to explain it I think it's like a rice cake. Yeah, which is what my mom told me to say when someone, I was like, I don't, what if someone asked me what the hell I'm eating? And so I went and sat next to my best friend during lunch and he was like, I opened my box and he's like, what the fuck is that? But not really. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> and I, I was like, it's a, it's a rice cake, man. And he was like, get that away from me. So I went and sat with the loser of the class and... <laughs> He was like, hey, man, what's that? I said, it's a rice cake. And he was like, oh, interesting. And then I ate it. And the and then when I went home, I was six years old, right? So I didn't think that my best friend at the time was in the wrong. I, I thought I was in the wrong for bringing in Indian food. So I told my mom, never again. I'm, bringing, I'm never bringing Indian food again. And the next day, I just brought a peanut butter and jelly sandwich again and sat next to my best friend. And we acted like nothing happened. 
Um, and I didn't bring Indian food until I moved to Virginia, where everyone was brown. But did you did you have Indian family friends in Ohio though? Yeah, I did like a couple, but none of them went to school I was going to. So, and before I moved to Cleveland, I lived at another place in Ohio, and there was like even less Indian people there, so that was the issue. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, <clears throat> especially in elementary, middle school, I didn't. Even though I grew up in Virginia, I grew up in a pretty non-brown part of Virginia, of Northern Virginia. So, um, when when I used to like, I started like first grade by bringing like Indian food to school, uh, and people used to tell me that it was smelly and that it was weird. And so then, um, my poor mom assimilated and learned how to make like super white pasta and and like sandwiches and stuff. And like that's what I started bringing. But I remember in third grade specifically, um, it was it was kind of not the norm to be vegetarian because my whole family is vegetarian, so that's how I grew up. Um, and I remember this one kid like kept taunting me with meat. Like he he like had his cafeteria tray in front of him, and he had I think like a chicken sandwich, and he like pulled the like chicken out of the middle. And he kept like showing it my face, like, "Are you sure you can't eat this? Like you're sure? Like not even a nipple? Like you don't even want to try?" And I was like, "Please, <laughs> no." So I think, like, in terms of food, like, people just weren't used to like, what what I ate at home and also like, the fact that vegetarianism was a thing in, like, brown culture. So it took a while to, like, explain that and normalize that, I guess. Yo, kids are mean, man. <laughs> um, in high school, freshman year, uh, when we had the health class, um, basically it was, like, the first day and they were, the teacher was calling attendance and then... There were some, like, douchebags in the back. Like, they were pretty much bullies. But she called my name, and she said... Uh, she said it right. She said Tarun. And I was like, oh, here. And you have to, like... You had to go up, and... Um, it was like... I think you had to, like, say an icebreaker or some shit. I don't know. Fucking, something like that, right? And then when I was walking back to my seat, one of the douchebags in the back was like, Tarun, what kind of name is that? And I was like... I was like, dude, how old are we, bro? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was so angry. It has nothing to do with food, but... Still racism. Yeah, I was definitely one of those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't just make fun of colored people. I made fun of everybody. So it's okay. Oh, so that's okay then. <laughs> yeah. I don't discriminate. <laughs> I didn't have any colored people to make fun of. So like that wasn't really an issue here. Yeah. I, my elementary school, I think I was the only brown kid in my class. And then I think my sister was the only brown kid in her class too. <laughs> but it wasn't It wasn't too bad. I don't. I don't remember... Like having to worry about what I brought for lunch. The the thing I worried about the most is because at at home, um, all of us, like my whole family, eats with our hands. Like I had struggle with that when I went to school. So then my mom would like chop up the brotas into like, like I could like I could quickly just dip it instead of like having to actually like use my hands to tear it up and all that stuff. And then I got to start using spoon to stuff for rice, which I wasn't used to. But yeah, I don't I don't remember too much discrimination on that end. Well, a lot of the a lot of the white kids like to like take it out of the challenge. I remember a lot of them would take my food and be like, "Oh, I, I bet I could eat this. I like I know it's spicy. I think I can handle it." So it became like a challenge that way. Damn, you had nice white friends. Yeah, no, no one was that. I mean, like I got like the occasional like brown jokes, but it never comes with food. It was just like it's just like you know, like in elementary school, like there's a little bit of racism there because we're all young and naive. But like I never, I was never hurt by any of the comments. I wonder how it is now for kids. What do you mean? I, I feel like it should be better. I think it's better because just just because there's more of people like us in schools. I mean, it still depends where you live, though. That is also yeah. true. I was just thinking as a whole, 
as a nation, you know, cyberbullying and bullying as a whole has probably decreased, right? They would always pull out statistics like that when you're in school. They would say like, oh, every year, you know, bullying's going down, drug use is going down, like we're making a difference kind of thing. But I really don't know how legitimate that was. Do you think that cyberbullying went up because kids had to take Zoom classes at home? What do you mean? Well, like, you can't physically bully anymore, so <laughs> it's you right, have to cyberbully. All the physical bullies resort to cyberbullying. <laughs> I hope not, bro. That'd be so sad. <laughs> it's a weird world we live in. <laughs> I like the point that you brought up earlier that I made, too. Uh, it reminded me that um, one of the first projects that Haran and I did together in 11th grade, the project was, like, we had to write, like, a declaration, um, and me and Haran chose to, we both have, like, ridiculously long last names, so we both chose to write about, like, a declaration against the mispronunciation of, like, long last names, and it's interesting because, like, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but people will, like, take a look at our name, whether it's, like, a doctor's office or a teacher at school, they'll look at it, and then they'll hesitate, and you'll know it's your name. And then sometimes they'll just be like, I'm not even going to try. And then, but like our names are pretty phonetic. Like they're not, there's really not any hidden or like silent letters in there. I think names is definitely like, I went through, I've like moved schools from like age four to like age six. Uh, like every year I switch schools. And um, I got, I got Bavana at my first school and then I got Bahagana at my second school. And then. And then I got Bavana again, like, when I started at my actual elementary school, and then over the years, I decided I should actually correct them, but... Bahavana sounds kind of fire. It's like, you know, the Bahamas. <laughs> and Havana. <laughs> One of my basketball coaches in middle school tried to read my name off the roster and just proceeded to call me H the whole rest of the season. Your name's so easy, though. Yeah, I have no idea. But I do have a really long name, and that was honestly one of the most stressful parts for me during like any standardized test like the SAT, because I was always I would always be the last person to finish, and the proctor would just stare at me until I'm done, and it is very nerve nerve wracking. Yeah, I just I I appreciate or I don't appreciate, but it, it's just funny when people see my name and they like take out the challenge, and they want to get it right. And I, I I appreciate that. Like I, I like when teachers take the initiative and they see like lo- like long names and they really want to nail it. It's like some people don't give a shit. Like they'll just say the name and they'll just assume that they're right and not like make the effort to see like oh did I mispronounce it or anything. Yeah, I think it's really meaningful when they when they take the initiative to ask you how to say it or if they did it right versus just like them coming up with their own pronunciation and just like running with it and yeah. not yeah. asking. Yeah, my fourth grade teacher, he would um take my last name and then add like uh pawn pawn mon lon and like he would just like go on with it because like my 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 first and last name pretty much i mean they kind of rhyme if you say it in a way so then it's you can just keep on adding (laughs) letters to the (laughs) end to to make it like keep it going i guess can you give us an example he would be like chitron john fawn pawn son and like he would just say that like he would just like every single new day like when you do roll attendance he would just add new things to it and I guess he thought it was funny, but... Oh, white people. Not even say he's white, but yeah, he's a white teacher. I knew it. I could just tell. <laughs> Christian, how did you feel when you first met Archipin and Haran and saw their names? I got Haran's name wrong uh, for like a week. I thought it was Haram, like Harambe. So <laughs> that was my bad. Um, everybody else's name... Like, I sh- I'm shit with names anyway. 
so it's hard for me to learn people's names to begin with. But I don't really struggle more with foreign names. It's just repetition, trying to learn people's names. That's all. Um, but I didn't really have a problem with acclimating to stuff like that. I don't even remember introducing myself to you, Christian. But I thought you and Harsha were the same person probably for like two and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, when we both showed up at Gobbler Fest, you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, bro. I bet you the first time Christian got food with us and he just saw Harsh and Turner the same thing. He was like, what? my eyes playing tricks on me. What's going on? Bro. <laughs> yeah, if you guys don't know, Harsh and Turun just copy each other's orders whenever we go. Every out fucking time. Bro. What do you mean copy? We pick, we both pick the best item on the menu. <laughs> no, no, okay, no, no, we no. always go out for food and then like me and Christian pick up our, our stuff and then Harsha and Turun will look over to each other and be like, yo, what are you getting? And then they'll say <laughs> it and they'll be like, I bet same. <laughs> No, it's just because we have, for me at least, right, sometimes the menu's just bare long, and I can't be bothered to look through the whole thing, so I'll just look over after looking at maybe 10-15% of it, and I'll ask Harsha, I'll be like, Harsha, what you getting? And they'll be like, oh, I'm getting the this, and I'll be like, you know what, that sounds pretty good, <laughs> then I'll just get it. You're so fucking lazy. Holy I'm shit. not lazy, he just, he's a great picker. You okay. just said that you only look at 10% of the fucking menu. <laughs> Did you, has your mom ever gotten really mad at you and called you by your full name? Not in like 15 years. I think my mom did for my sister, but not for me. She would just say my sister's first name and then her middle name, but then not, but then not say the last name. But she, uh, she never did that for me. How about you? Do you guys ever get the full name treatment when your parents? No, it take two. It's a waste of time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tongue twister. They just call me insults in Telugu, and that would just know it's about me. Yeah, they call me donkey and all the all the above. I'm the younger sibling, so I never got in trouble. Basically, that's not true. There's no way. Okay, I mean, I got in trouble, but like, it was like a slap on the wrist. How else do you guys think your lives were different because of your culture and background? So my mom, I was talking to my mom about this uh, recently because she was asking me, like, do I see myself staying out on the West Coast? And then I was like, I mean, potentially depending on jobs and. Uh, uh, how how I like it for for the next two years, and um, my dad was like agreeing, like yeah, that's a fair point. And my mom's like, no, like you have to come back after, <laughs> like you have to stay at home. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and she was like, I just want like, I don't know. In her eyes, she she wants me and my sister to be at home until we are married, I believe. Like I mean, ideal case, I guess. And because that's how she, that's how at least how she was uh, raised. Like she couldn't leave her house until she married my dad, um, so I think in, I feel like since I've been young, I've always kind of been homebound. Like I always feel more comfortable, most comfortable at home, and I knew that I used to piss off my uh, mechanical engineering friends at Tech because they always wanted to do uh, like weekend trips, and then I would be like, hey, I kind of want to go home on the long weekend. I don't really want to go on a trip, and then they'll be like, Why do you always want to go home so badly? And I don't know. I feel like just the way I was brought up, kind of. That's kind of instilled in me, if that makes sense. Turin, do you think your family expects that out of you too, just because your brother has also been home for the most part? Yes. 100%. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a big problem with it. The only thing is uh, commute's kind of whack right now. Not that I mean, not that I have to commute right now, but when, I, when work starts again. My parents wanted me to leave. Leave? Or so they say, yeah. Damn, what'd you do wrong? No, they're just like, 
you've already been here for so long you should try to experience other places and they really wanted they wanted me to take my job in in new york but i said no yeah my parents are the same thing i said um <clears throat> and even though i'm working locally they still say like, i should get an apartment near roslyn but i think for me the reason is like i'm an only child so i like having my independence a little bit especially just having my parents always kind of be there for everything so i think they also want me to just branch out and be on my own a little bit I'm also an only child, and I can't wait to have my own place because I love having my freedom and independence. Yeah, for sure. I think independence feels feels great. It's I think that's the one thing I'll miss about college is that feeling of like your friends are all so close, and you can kind of go back to that. If we get like ten people, right? That not even ten people, probably like five or six. Can't we just get a house? Yeah, but it's gonna be hard with all the like it's I don't think that many people are at least within our friend group gonna be in the same area that much for an extended period of time because a house you have to get a mortgage and those are you know twenty five years long. Yeah, but if you split it between five, six people it's it's not that bad. But you can only put one person's name on the mortgage, you know? Yeah, but you can co sign. You just split up the equity. Right, but I'm saying for a long term kind of deal you don't know how many of us are going to be able to make that long term commitment you know what I mean yeah I guess so yeah I was I was thinking about so one of my favorite YouTube groups Sidemen they had their own house for a couple of years but the thing is as you get like especially when you, especially when you approach around like 26 27 like around that age like after probably like 3 or 4 years of working um like everyone like like everyone's lives go in like different directions and like you find people like you want to like progress a relationship you want to do something else you want to get out of the area i just feel like committing to a house like committing to a house with friends sounds nice in concept but i think in actuality i think it's uh, not the smartest decision just cuz like what uh, christian was saying the future like the the long term um in long in the, in the long term i don't think it's worth the investment speaking of long term investments we're looking to make some soon, so we're going to take a break and listen to this week's ad. Ugh. Okay, welcome back. Oh my <laughs> yo, chill the fuck out. so aggressive. So, I have a younger brother, so I don't really know this, but being a girl in brown culture, how is that different, you would, you would think, from, like, say, myself? Yeah, I think... Um... In some ways, we're held to a different standard. I think brown girls, in general, we have a little less leeway with our parents, especially, like, for example, if I'm going somewhere um, and it's, like, later at night, like, I have to explicitly ask permission at the state where I'm going, even being, like, I know there's this whole concept of, like, after 18, you're an adult, but I don't think that really applies in, in brown things that I've seen so far. So, like, if I'm going somewhere at night, I have to say um, where I'm going, who I'm going to be with, how long I'm going to be out, when I'm expected home, and in extreme cases, I have to provide phone numbers as well. So in like just gauging the conversations that I've had with other people, I don't think everyone, I don't think brown guys are necessarily like held to that same accountability. Um, so even being pointed to, like, I still have to answer for that. So I think that's one thing. Um, 
and in general, just from what I've seen, uh, like in in friend circles and from like other adults, we're just expected to be bigger torchbearers of culture, um, in the sense that we're expected to kind of carry out certain actions and act a certain way and behave a certain way in public, whereas guys are kind of given the free hand. Like for example, like if I if we're having a party at our house, like I have to definitely like be downstairs, be totally active, be like always attending to guests. And obviously that's a given, like if you're hosting something you want to be there. But I've been to family friends' houses where the guys are just given a complete free pass, whereas they're like female siblings aren't. Like the guys like are allowed to like be upstairs playing video games while there's something going on in their house, whereas the girls in that same family are expected to like be there and help the parents out. So that's definitely a double standard that I've seen. I feel a bit personally attacked, but it, no, it's it's definitely true. Uh, I've I've an I've an older sister, and she definitely is required to do more stuff in the house, especially during parties, than I am. But that's also because my parents don't trust me, which is also fair because I haven't shown anything <laughs> to them. Any promise? <laughs> yeah, I haven't shown any promise. <laughs> which begs the question: Why does my mom only want me to stay at home? Because I don't do shit. So <laughs> another thing I've noticed is that most girls speak their native tongue more than guys i think but i don't know if that's just coincidence or not yeah i don't think i've ever really looked into that but that's interesting i guess for me like my parents made it a point to speak only Telugu in the house uh when i was growing up so i kind of along simultaneously with english that just kind of like became a second language for me but yeah interesting along that i've never seen that along that yeah, for me, my sister can understand Tamil. Um, I can read Tamil, <laughs> but I can't understand. I can't understand what I'm reading, <laughs> so it's it's pretty much useless. Uh, that's what uh two years of uh or like a year and a half at Tamil school did for me. Oh, but yeah, and at home, my parent growing up, my parents uh spoke English in the house. Um, but some rare occasions they'll speak in Tamil. Like they'll just mix it in. They have like Tamil phrases that they'll say. Uh, it's just like they like mix it into like their daily conversations, but so yeah, I think I never really picked it up when I was young, and that kind of screwed me when I was older. When I I also didn't make the greatest effort of learning because I I went to Tamil school when I was in I want to say fourth or fifth grade, um, and I kind of just didn't really pay attention that much. <laughs> like I I, le- I like to I like to learn the uh the symbol thing like learn how to read cuz that w- the, that was interesting to me but I never really paid attention to all the words like what they meant. So I have a very uh basic knowledge of the language. For me it was tough because when I came to the US at like 2 years old, basically at home they were they were speaking Telugu, right? But then as soon as I started going to school, no one obviously spoke Telugu, so I was like, oh, this that's not the right thing to do. So then I started speaking English. And then slowly over time, I just kept speaking English at home. My parents would want me to speak Telugu, but it'd be like, I don't know, I, I guess I wouldn't feel right about it. And then I went to India um, for a summer, and then I got all my Telugu back. And then as soon as I came back to the U.S. at school again, it all, it, it was like gone. And then ever since then, my or especially when I was younger, my parents would ask me to speak it at home. But the the accent and the, like the way you speak it just kind of just left, right? And so when I tried to speak it, I mean, I I don't think they did it because they were laughing at me, but they just laughed, you know, because it didn't sound right. But that made me feel like an idiot. <laughs> so then I just it just you know you know what I mean. So I just stopped speaking it and especially when we're on the phone with relatives in in india they're like oh this man's american now wow ha 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 and it's just like 
hey, fuck out of here, bro. I'm trying out here. <laughs> like, I'm really trying. <laughs> and then Eminem is kind of gone. But I can understand everything. Yeah, it's just, it's a war for me when I'm at uh, Sri Lankan family friend parties and all the uncle and aunties are talking. And I can pick out words, but I can't actually follow the conversation that well. And I think over time, my parents got tired of me, like, tapping them on the shoulder to be like, what did they say? <laughs> or, like, <laughs> help me out here. That was, also, that was also true for watching Dumbo movies because I would, like, my parents just got tired of me asking to translate every 10 seconds of what was said on the screen. So if there wasn't subtitles, I kind of just stopped watching Tamil movies with my parents. And I think that's kind of sad. I feel like I should have. I wish I knew the language for that reason. I think it's easier for me to understand people rather than movies because I feel like they talk faster in movies. So I do only watch movies with subtitles, but I can understand when people speak to me. Marsha, is your brother the same as you? Yeah, exact same. Yeah, I used to pick it up when I go to India and talk. And then I would lose it in a week, and then I yeah. just stopped picking it up when I went to India, so I'm just completely useless. That's why there needs to be one universal language. Love. <laughs> oh, shut <laughs> the fuck <laughs> up. Christian, did you feel the same way when you went to Spain and you got into Spanish class? Oh, 100%. I mean, I took Spanish since I was in third grade, but I never felt like I was proficient in it because you never get a chance to use it like I came across a lot of Spanish speakers and Hispanic people especially early in college but you never really get a chance to use it and so being in that kind of environment especially I mean I can relate to what you guys are saying about like what Trin said about coming back from India and then not using it and then it all just kind of fucks and goes away um yeah I definitely feel that right now um I was talking to my friend yesterday about, you know, we just came back from trips like within the last year and I just feel like I'm completely useless in Spanish right now just because I haven't used it. I haven't taken a class or anything in a long time. So kind of sucks. But at the same time, you know, you do it to feel, I don't know, culturally diverse, I guess. It's because when you're in the native country, there's no excuse, you know, like yeah. you have to use it to communicate. Otherwise... You know, there's no other option. Even in even in class when I was taking Spanish, people would say half a sentence and be like, "Um, wait, what's the word for?" And then the teacher would help you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot harder when you don't have people to help translate for you. Like we would always carry a uh, you know English to Spanish dictionary and vice versa or whatever. It was a lot more useful to try and make a workaround with the words that you did know to try and describe what you were trying to say but i remember one time i was at the hospital and this uh, like old spanish lady was like uh she was like lost and she was trying to talk to the person at the lobby and he wasn't really being that helpful and then my mom's like like here like go there's your chance <laughs> i kind of like gotta like, calm down so then i, I went to go talk to her and i managed to give her directions to where she wanted to go so that felt good at least i i, I understand where you're coming from i, I know you can feel like you're butchering their yeah culture or whatever but i think from their perspective they probably appreciate that you're trying to communicate that the way that they do you know yeah yeah my host mom said something similar when i was over there she was like if you make mistakes it's fine just and if i correct you like mid-sentence don't worry about it i'm just trying to get you to make it more authentic and make it sound correct not trying to be rude so i feel like they're definitely appreciative of the effort that you're trying to make some of my cousins here, 
they live in Texas, and when we would go to India together, they would talk in English to me, obviously, and my parents. But then if it was one of my uncles that are from India, they would like switch and try to talk in Telugu. And they're like, hey, we know English too. You don't need to do that. And it just got a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hit a hot button topic of, uh, of religion? Mm. Christian, can you please tell us about your journey with Jesus? That was also written on the idea sheet, and I don't know who the fuck wrote that. <laughs> that would be me. Fucking, you're a fucking moron. Um, yeah, so my family, uh, I don't fucking know. There's a bunch of different types of Christianity. I don't know the difference between all of them. I'm not going to pretend like I know. Basically, my mom was like somewhat religious when I was younger, and we I went to church, I think, up until, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade, because I went to a Trinity school in third and fourth grade, which is another part of christianity or some shit i really don't know but i went to a private school for two years and i was like okay this is like i had to go to religion class and i was like okay this kind of really doesn't make sense so what the hell is the point of this um so i went back to public school after that and i don't really think i've had religion in my life since then (laughs) um i don't practice anything i have other parts of my family that practice but i'm not really about that um it's just not something that makes a whole lot of sense to me um i'm not gonna interfere with what other people practice or try to impose or anything but i'm just not in the belief system of like following something that i can't tangibly see i guess so i have a very different view than i think a lot of people especially in a world like this so you can you can just move on from that it's okay I had kind of a different experience with religion. Uh, I think uh, just by virtue of uh, being uh, trained in Indian classical dance, I think that gave me a pretty big door into religion because our dance is so rooted in like mythological stories and and religious concepts. So like that plus I went to um, a Sunday school also growing up. So I think those things combined plus like religion is practiced pretty regularly in my house. So I think those values I found at least helped me kind of realize what's what's important and also it's something I carried with me in college and something that I like to kind of remind myself of when when things got tougher when I felt like I lost myself a little bit but I think definitely with Indian culture sometimes people equate being religious to being cultured and I think there's I think from what I've seen, there's definitely different ways to be cultured and different ways to practice the religion. Um, at least with like Hinduism, that's what I've found is that there's no one way to do it. So I think that's something that our generation in general should just like be aware of is that we can carry our culture forward in different ways. Banger. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think my mom got screwed because. She was she grew she grew up very very religious um and her family was also very religious but my dad's family was not religious at all, um, like they go to the temple and stuff but they were, they didn't really practice much that much outside of that and, um, my mom always wanted to marry a religious guy but then she got stuck with my dad instead, <laughs> um and so growing up, uh growing up we were or I think our family was relatively religious because um after my grandfather passed away my mom's mom so my grandmother she moved over to the u.s and she tried to instill like the values onto me and my sister and i do appreciate that um because i felt like it was important for me to 
learn that stuff from her. And like back then I'd go to, I'd pray every day. Um but then over time I just felt I just like kinda got lazy with it and I didn't really make the effort to go to the altar and pray every day and it didn't really it didn't really feel like a big deal to me and I don't know if that's <laughs> a problem or not, but um I just felt like if I for me it was like if I needed if I really um wanted to make a prayer or there's something important in my life or like something happening like something important happened to like one of the people I cared about, then I'd go to the altar and like do a prayer. Um but I didn't make it a daily thing after that. Uh but yeah, I think over time religion has played like a less important role in my life, but I still respect. I still observe like like a lot of the holidays and uh like I still try to uphold the traditions in my house with my mom. For me, I feel like I've always been a little skeptical about it, but it played a bigger role for me when I was younger. For example, if the Cavs were in the playoffs and it was an elimination game, I would go and me and my brother and my mom would like pray and I, well, cause I wanted to pray and then, then they would win and I'd be like, damn, it worked. <laughs> 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 but moving past that, I think my, my parents do impose it a lot. Even now they, uh, I guess they make me or they ask me to pray every day, which I do. But I just, I mean, I never really did it at college and I don't really see myself doing it alone. I only go to the temple when my parents ask me to. I only really pray or do a puja or whatever when my parents ask me to. I just don't know how much I'll do when I'm by myself and independent, which kind of sucks. But I do, even if I don't go to temple that much in the future, I do want my kids to at least know that it exists. And I want them to learn about it too. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Harsha. But yeah, I think when I was younger like very young I enjoyed it and then as I got older I was I wouldn't say skeptical I, I think I still believe in it I just I don't know I guess I was just like an angsty teen I didn't really want to be a part of it <laughs> and uh none of my close friends were really you know into their religion whatever that may be whatever religion they were into they, they weren't really into it um but as like life goes on and and um there was like important parts of my life where I felt like there was things that couldn't be explained other than there being something higher than me or above me that kind of not necessarily made it happen, but I don't know, gave me another chance or give me some luck or some, some sort of good fortune. Um, and so those thinking about those times is kind of what keeps me going. And, uh, especially now when my parents asked me to go to temple with them like before when I was younger and in middle school or high school I would complain and be like no I don't want to go it's so early like I don't want to go in the morning uh, but now I kind of I mean I, I just go it's not like I would go on my own probably but I don't I don't make a big fuss about it and um, I think I feel better about myself when I go and I um, I feel like when I go, when it's with my parents and stuff, um, it's not, it's not like I pr I'm praying for something specific, like, oh, I need to do well on this test. I'm just praying because um, I appreciate it, you know. Um, and so I guess that's my journey. I, I think that just comes with maturity as well. Um, I don't think I would have had these thoughts, uh, you know, when I was <laughs> like 12, 13, 14, something like that. One thing my mom does, which I appreciate is 
when we pray now, I pray every day with her. Uh, usually she says some things in Sanskrit, um, but now she's recently started to say things in English and just pray in English and so I can understand it and see the importance of it, which uh, helped a lot for me. Kind of going off of that, what I've realized is, and a lot of people who seem to kind of are like a little like questioning about it, um, religion was kind of forced on them, kind of almost like with blind faith, where they didn't really know what they were praying to or like understand what was going on or what the meaning behind it is. And I think, especially because like with Hinduism, it's not a set lifestyle or a set like we don't have an every Sunday go to the temple kind of thing, like everyone does it in their own way, so like. There's really no, nothing like motivating us, but I feel like it's just, it depends on like how it's taught to you and if it's like kind of pushed on you. I think that goes for any religion. If it's just kind of pushed on you, kind of just kind of reject it because it doesn't feel like it fits you. I think like Tim said, it's just like a journey, like a personal journey with them. You just find it and you feel like it fits in. Something I've always struggled with is how much of what I'm doing and how much of my success is attributed to something higher than me versus what I've put in. And I just don't know the answer to that, I guess. That's a, that's a provoking question. Um, but I think we have another provoking question. Isn't that right, buddy? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm throwing you a lob here. God damn. Um, yeah. So, we haven't done this in a few weeks, but this week I finally have Tarun's or an interesting question by Tarun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I before I would kind of lay the question on to the boys or whoever we're with for the first time in the podcast, but this time I really wanted a good answer, so I let them know a few days before. But the question is, what's one moment in your life that you'd like to relive? Bob, I'm gonna I'm gonna call on you since you're the guest. Um, I think, also, at the top of my list, it has to be the time that, so me, Amita Harshan Brown went to the Beyonce and Jay-Z on the run for concert. Uh, and what I realized, I think, there, while we were at the concert, it was, like, I kept trying to get a video, because, or, or videos of, like, all our songs, I already knew what our set was going to be, um, but I just wanted videos so that I could just, like, keep reliving those moments. What I realized is that in the process of like trying to get a video and trying to get the right video, um, I kind of didn't pay as much attention as I wanted to. So I'd want to relive the concert, um, just to just to bask in my glory. It was a pretty good concert, yeah. <laughs> I like Gold Link the best. Hey, I was gonna say I was actually gonna say that too. Shout out Gold Link. But also, fuck Golink for his, uh, well, not fuck Golink, but his, uh, takes with Mac Miller. That was, that's a questionable. He's a fucked up individual. Wait, I'm not here. Good music, though. What did he say? He said some fucked up shit after Mac Miller died. It was just kind of out of line, you know, necessary. Yeah, there's just no reason for him to bring it up, really. Um, for me, I think, like the, I would, I would want to go back to Anfield, which is where uh, my club Liverpool, uh, play, and I went there uh, December of twenty eighteen for one match, and that was always on my bucket list. I was actually going through my um notebook from high school, 
and I had to buck loose from senior year, and number one on that list was go to Anfield to watch a home Premier League match, and I'm glad to say that I accomplished that. Uh, but I think just going when I was there, I kind of, I think I didn't really appreciate what like that it was it, that it was happening, <laughs> because it was it was sprung on me like the day or the day before they said they like they showed me the tickets that they were going. And like they were gonna take me because I was I was with my cousins and it was like a huge surprise, and I I, I feel like it never really hit me until like I, after I left the like the country and I came back to the U S and I was like damn that just really happened, and but yeah the atmosphere was crazy like the fans were really loud um, I kind of just wish I took had like more photos and videos of the whole moment, because I was gonna take a video of like um the fans singing you'll never walk alone which they always sing before um, the match starts. And I was about to be, I was about to pull out my camera, and um, and then I heard like these, uh, I heard the, these scouts people, uh, scouts is what they call the people from Liverpool, like in front, like in the row in front of me, and they were like, they were basically just like, they're pretty vile with their language, but they just, they basically said, look at all these foreigners, uh, like like uh, taking out their phones and stuff, like 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 just like like fuck off basically. And then I felt like attacked, so I, I decided to put my phone away. <laughs> and then like, I never took it out for the rest of the match, even though I wanted like there was like a penalty that I wanted to shoot a video of and all that. Um, but yeah, it was it was a crazy experience. And then like number two would be the Coldplay concert. I went to Philly, um, even though fuck Philly and like their <laughs> and their sports teams. Uh, I I gotta say the Eagle Stadium is really nice, and it was just a it was a nice day out. It was like an outdoor concert. It's my first. I think it was my first ever concert that I'd been to. Um, man, it was an incredible show. I kind of took this question in a different way because when you said relive, I kind of thought you meant like potentially change like what you would do. So I flashed back to two moments from high school. One was the more important one to me is not trying out for the freshman basketball team because I thought I was too good for the freshman team and I didn't want to play on the freshman team and I really wanted to play on JV or I mean I didn't think I would play on varsity but I thought I was going to play on JV and so I didn't try out freshman year because I know that they threw all the freshmen on freshman team so I was like okay I'll just get better and then come back next year and definitely make JV and then that didn't happen and then the more I went on high school and was like within the program because I eventually became a coach for that team, like an assistant, I realized that basically what they do is if they throw you on the freshman team, they're going to just try and help you get better so that by the time you're sophomore, junior, you can be on varsity or maybe still JV, but work your way up. So I didn't really understand the pecking order. And I had a lot of people telling me, like I had this one coach at this um, college camp. He told me I had the best jump shot in NH, which definitely wasn't true, but like, <laughs> <laughs> to hear it, like, you know, that boosts you up, like, a little bit. I was like, all right, you're kind of bullshitting, but well, I guess... Well, players came out of NH. Matt Boner. Um, uh, hold up. Wenyan Gabriel, my guy, went to Kentucky, plays for the Blazers right now. Um, We have Donovan Mitchell at the high school up there. Yeah, that, um, that's what I was going for. <laughs> uh, Chris Brickley, the famous trainer, he went to high school in New Hampshire. Lived in New Hampshire. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure his statement's correct. Yeah, no, definitely, for sure. Um, But, yeah, so that's just, I guess, a moment that I would rather change and go back on. And the other one is just, like, a bunch of shit with, like, girls and whatever. So that's not that important. (laughs) 
<laughs> when Tarun asked us this question a couple of days ago, my mind instinct- instinctively went to one place. Um, the cats! You're, such a, you're so AIDS. Cleveland! Fucking suck a dick more, god. Bro, I called it, dude. If you were to ask this question on video call, and I see <laughs> within, like, everyone's, like, silent for, like, 15 seconds, and then I see Harsha smile, and I was like, I was like, I already knew it. <laughs> In my mind, I already knew where his mind went to. So, yeah, so let me finish what I was going to say. Thank you. Um, in 2018, my parents uh, paid for our family to drive up to Cleveland, which is about five, seven hours for us to see a playoff game in the Eastern Conference Finals. It was my first playoff game and the last in the last playoff run in LeBron and Cleveland. That was just really cool to be back where I was from and just see the city again and experience getting a free t-shirt and all that. And that was pretty amazing. Also, when watching the Cavs win in 2016 was just really amazing just because the amount of time and money I've spent on this guy is kind of insane. Uh, and <laughs> and it finally paid off, and it was kind of interesting that I graduated high school, I finished education, and like right around that time, important moment in my life, uh, we broke through and won after 50 years, and it was just amazing. Um, but other than that, um, at the end of the summer last year, after I got my return offer to go back to Capital One, my parents actually surprised me with tickets to Broadway to go see Lion King in New York and I thought that was really thoughtful of them and we got to drive up and spend time in the city and then watch the play which is really amazing I highly recommend it but yeah those two things I really want to relive I also wish the Cavs won a little bit later when I was more older and financially independent so I could go back and either see the parade or be there for some of it turn it's your turn to answer bucko I thought really hard about this, but I took it to a different level. <laughs> uh, you guys like mentioned like a bunch of experiences that were very, you know, prominent. Um, I don't know how to describe this in a way that's not deep, but it, I guess it was a deep moment for me. Um, basically, like junior year, uh, I meditated a lot, and there was this one moment where I had almost like an out of body experience. And I just reached like a really deep moment of clarity about um, what I care about in life and uh, who I care about and what I want to do. And that was a while ago and um, things have changed for me now. And right now, personally, I don't really know what I want to do. Like, I don't know where I see myself in five years or three years, five years, 10 years. Um, But I wish I could relive that experience, but cater it to where I am now and try to figure out what the fuck I want to do in life. Well, that was insane. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know if I should even say it. Cause you guys were like talking about concerts and whatnot. Yeah. Damn. I feel like I didn't, I didn't think hard enough about this. No, I mean, it's straight. <clears throat> I feel like for me, whenever I just go somewhere, not in this area, it's pretty prominent for me. <laughs> So I, I treat it as I, I treat it as that. I think it'd be really fun to relive just like one more night in college and living that place all over again. That would be just like pre-COVID. Just because like you never got like that one last 
Yeah, hopefully, I don't know about your school, but our friend group is trying to make that happen in June if things get better. So hopefully, everybody has that one chance if things are, if things allow, for one last hoorah. I word. Okay, guys, I think that's about as much time as we have for today. Um, want to thank Bobna for coming on. Is there anything you want to plug or anything? Uh, yeah, you can check out my Instagram. I post dance videos every now and then, and hopefully, uh, now that I have a lot of free time, it'll be more content. We'll uh, we'll pop that in the description on our Instagram post, which we will continuously plug. And if you haven't checked that out already, we suggest that you do because we'll have content coming on there soon. Um, but other than that, I think that's about it for this week. Um, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right, bye. 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 bye.